0: in the garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Waff. This is a take two. We have us talking about on kickstart. We uh, had a bit of a, a technical issues like beyond our control, like way beyond our control and not just shitty internet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like threw my laptop in the trash out of control.
0: <laughs> um, you, you've read the app. We have Joe Cornish's tactile block for you.
1: Right. It's October. We're doing some crazy shit, oh, man. Right. Aliens and fucking slashers and fucking murderers and demons and all kinds of fucked up shit. It's October, motherfuckers.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We might have some of that too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Get amped up, damn it! Attack the Block is a little over ten years old. It came out in the spring of 2011. And uh, it's written and directed by Joe Cornish, who you know, possibly as the co-writer with Edgar Wright when they were actually on the first Ant-Man and then they weren't. And they also co-wrote, part of the team that co-wrote uh, the Ten Ten movie for Spielberg. And also probably my favorite of Joe's movies is The Kid Who Would Be King um, that came out two years ago. And it was one, it was my top three uh, in, two, in 2019. I think, we, uh, I think we talked about that that first year that we were doing this show. Tacked the Block. It's one of those ones I don't feel like I, I, I'm always like don't want to tell people about. Just like just watch it. It's in a lot of ways it's kind of like a combination of Predator and Die Hard. Like in a tower, Projects Tower.
1: It's kind of like The Enemy Within with Ray Parker Jr. and Jan Michael Vincent.
0: <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. is really in that? Yes. Oh my God. He's the
1: lead. <laughs> Although Ray Parker Jr. is a better actor than John Boyega. I'm going to go out of that. Wow. There.
0: There's that. <laughs>
1: Come on, man, John! had never brought no Ghostbusters to me, man. That's all uh, I'm okay. saying.
0: <laughs> Regards, if you took this song from somebody else, oh no, yeah, no, whatever, that was, dude. That was Huey I Lewis. I still like
1: yes, and Huey Lewis is a better actor than both of them. So there you go, <laughs> there full circle. Anyway,
0: <laughs> you already mentioned John Boyega. He's the leader of these little teenage hoodlums and stuff that are out robbing people because they have nothing better to do. Because that's what you do. Apparently, <laughs> it's on Guy Fox Night. Do you know what Guy Fox Night is? Guy Fox. Yeah, it's it's fireworks night in in, right. in in the UK, and they're always November fifth. That's how you know when it is. So if, if you were curious about when, when this movie takes place and you're unfamiliar with with the UK holidays, yes, or holidays, or, or, or...
1: time of the year, yes. time of the season.
0: Anyway, it's, it's also called bonfire night, and, and people like will light like bonfires and, and shoot fireworks and all that stuff.
1: Sure, they just don't do it in the forest. It's kind of like the Wicker Man.
0: It's <laughs> a uh, so Guy Fox night. There it is. And while they're out there robbing people, <laughs> fireworks right? are going off everywhere. A meteor comes down.
1: Wait, well, we see them. First of all, we meet them as they're robbing Jerry right? Whitaker, Doctor what? Who. They're in the middle of robbing her for no reason. As they're in the middle of robbing
0: her, in comes this fireball. Boom. It, dude, it starts like a John Carpenter yep. movie. <laughs> like Starman. And just explodes this car and they go and look at it. And we're all expecting to see like, you know, parts of a, of hard rock meteor. No. Or
1: or something or like <laughs> frozen, frozen shit and piss from an airplane or
0: something. No, it turns out it's an alien. It just, I was like, I always thought that was such a cool thing that it was just, the skin was so tough that it would just, it could come through the atmosphere without any kind of shell or anything. So in the midst of all this chaos, Boyega jumps into the car try to, see what's going on with this thing and maybe steal some shit because the car's open now. <laughs> and he gets scratched by a, the creature that's inside of there and the creature takes off and runs into a into a shed, right? Right. And Moses goes in there, Boyega goes in there after him and you hear a lot of chaos and <laughs> he comes out with this alien creature on his stick. He's all super proud because he, you he know, Schwarzeneggered him and he's got yeah, him man. On, on a pike and he walks through the neighborhood with him thinking how cool he is everybody they run into teenage girls they run into everybody they run into thinks that it's some kind of puppet that you made in school or whatever it's not real the kids overall in the in the movie since we're getting a good taste of them right now even the even the teenage girls that are in their first short while are really good oh
1: dude those teenage girls are hilarious yeah.
0: they're, they're just they're not having they and, and even though they're from the UK they still express themselves the same way that teenage girls do everywhere else and it's just boys are stupid <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's like it's like these are the you know like like we talked about earlier. These like it's like these kids grew up to be in a guy richie movie.
0: Yep, exactly. <laughs> Funnily enough, if you guys have ever if you've seen a the gentleman, they 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 take their their newfound trophy and they go to the local drug dealer Ron Ron <laughs> into his trap house where they have weed in the back I and mean, they're growing weed in the back and everything and they're trying to put it in lockdown and put it in the safest place on the block. And then you think they take it to the drug dealer so they can lock it down because their idea is these kids want to, they're broke. They're, they're they're poor kids. That's why they're out robbing people. They're hoping to sell this thing. So they're, they they want to keep it in a safe place until they figure out how to sell it and make some money, most likely the government. They never really say they want to sell it to them. Somebody will pay money for it. And the guy that, that answers the door when they show up there, Ron, that's, uh, we got our familiar face in Nick Frost. No surprise because his connection with Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg is obviously well known in those circles. And he's long haired. You, you can tell he's like in between Edgar Wright movies. <laughs> he's like, I got super long hair now. And he just kind of brings the kids in. Obviously, I'll know them. They don't. They don't smoke weed except for the one guy, the one kid. And there's one point in the movie too where he gets it. Ends up getting high with, with Nick Frost and somebody else because they're kind of like, "Oh, we're it's Armageddon coming." So they get this creature and they show up with. And they nobody believes it's real. And they get close enough to it, and they think,
1: "Holy shit!" By the time they get close enough to it, it's too late. Yeah, because it's just like the fucking creep show monster.
0: So while they're standing in the living room, right, for for the drug dealer, while Moses is in the back talking to the man who runs the place, they look out and they see a couple more meteorites coming down or one more. And then, well, it looks like a meteor shower. You see a few. Well, now here's the thing. They only see the one, and as they go, all right, let's go kill it, they go they all like suit up like they're getting <laughs> like there's some like Ghostbusters. Right. And and they run out there. And as they go out there to that park to try to track that one down where it landed we see this pan out to the sky and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these streaking lights coming down that they didn't see. Right. We got an invasion coming. Yeah. It came from the skies. <laughs> so the kids get down there, man. And they're just kind of like going at it. And there's this, they see this creature and the dog runs after it and <laughs> kills the dog, which is, you know, what happens in movies sometimes for no damn good reason. Sure. And they run off because they get chased by this thing because it's not like the one they found that was already like all jacked up from falling into a car. Now, this one is big and hairy and is looking for somebody to chew on. That's for sure. So they, they chase the kids all over. And soon enough, man, there's a lot more of them. All those other ones start landing, though. When you got a lower uh, a movie of this budget, you don't see a, a whole lot of those things. A lot of the money right. was put into the creature effects, which are really good, and if you've seen the BTS for the movie, if you haven't, I'll put sure to be sure to put a link in it. But the guys working those suits are so good, and the way the animatronics work with the with the jaw and everything, you always think that it's the eyes, and it's not; it's the teeth. It's it's really clever. And there's one point in there too, right, where they're in Doctor Who's flat. They killed one of the creatures in there. And that it's like be, like beyond it's black, but it's like beyond black. It's like yeah, and it's weird too. It's almost like you can see like it's like a, a total void when you look at it when it's on the ground. It's pretty wild. But the kids, man, they're they're getting high off the fact that they just kill one of these creatures. Well, they think it's the creature. They don't
1: realize there's more. yet. right. They don't realize it's yeah. They don't realize there's fifty hundred thousand more of them.
0: And we don't really know this until like later on how how many there are when they see them crawling to the side of the building. But it. We're not going to get too much in the spoiler aspects of it, but yeah, let's let's stand on some of the points of the movie that that really shine. It's fun. You can tell these kids are just like the the way they're playing. This whole idea they're having this alien invasion and everything. It's the same kind of thing we used to do when we were kids. It was it was sure. It was like what if, and it's like heaven. That's how every movie becomes. Dude, we
1: used to play Wolfman Ted, like where I grew up. Our house was surrounded by cornfields, right? And the old our friend Mark, his older brother, who was like four or five years old and it would pretend to turn into a werewolf and we would hunt into these <laughs> cornfields and he would beat the shit out of us. That's awesome. So Yeah, man. That's yeah. So that's, it's kind of like this
0: Wolfman Ted, man. A, Wolfman Ted. That's the thing. It's funny with, with movies like this, they, people are just taking things that they used to do you know, that they're familiar with and yeah. and they put out the, that's it that these kids are just playing, playing along and then you can tell you they're all having fun. And that's why there's not a lot of adults on this. No. Like Jody Whitaker, Nick Frost, and you, they're not in it a lot. I mean, they're I mean Jody's right. in it you a lot the, more. You get
1: the cops and they you know they get fucking offed real quick. Yep. But Jody's not that she's 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 supposed to be a nurse, right? Yes. Which I was gonna ask you, do you think is this kind is that kind of a throwback callback to uh American World in London, Jenny Gutter? Maybe. You know, because the, these those those creatures even kind of look like the werewolf from *Merry* in London when they're walking. Like at the end, when they're in, uh, oh yeah, you know, when they're in Piccadilly Square and the yeah. fucking wolf comes walking in. I mean, the the creatures kind of move like that. So I mean, there's a little homage to that, I think. Oh I mean, yeah, that's just my
0: take. No, 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 one hundred percent. There's that thing about Cornish and Edgar Wright. Those guys are massive fans of everything, and then especially Landis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgar's talked about him quite a bit. So no surprise. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Right. I saw Landis introduce movies at one of Edgar's uh, movies I've never seen before. Yeah. Landis, uh, they showed Animal House and um, something else. And yeah, yeah, they were both there. So, it was, I, but I, I couldn't believe that he had never seen Animal House.
0: That's crazy, dude. Considering what a fan of Landis he was, but uh, whatever.
1: Right. It was Animal House and American Graffiti. They, they Both of them. He had never wow. seen either one of them. <laughs> This yeah is- and, and landis and landis introduced both of them
0: I wonder if at the time they were considered video nasties for some reason
1: who knows, <laughs> who knows? I, yeah I don't know it's weird but I would say dude the, my favorite thing about this is that Cornish just kind of lets those kids do their thing because those kids are all having fun yeah. it's like they're not even acting they're just being kids
0: and they're not the youngest kids too there's like two kids that are like you know getting ready to go into like junior high <laughs> right and they and they want to go along and they're and they're they keep calling them their, their real names. They keep, no, no, his name is trouble and something. I forget. What, they, they already gave their own nicknames Bruce. They, they keep pushing them on everybody the whole time. And at one point, the two kids, the two youngest kids end up saving one of the other kids. And so they officially start, no, we're blah, blah, blah. Right. But it, it's funny because they make the joke so many times. No, we're this, these are our nicknames. And once they save that one guy, he instantly calls them by their nicknames and he doesn't refer to them as their names that we heard earlier. The kids across the board, I like I said, I, I really think that Joe was like from the younger kids, all the, the older kids, the teenagers, he just lets them go because they're just going nuts. And what if that, that you know, it's the pitch to him as a director it was like, all right, what if this happened? What would you do? And I, and I'm, I got kind of feel a lot of this stuff is ad lib. Some of the lines are ad lib by the kids.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, man.
0: But the kid of the group that that has probably the most lines is played by Alex Esmail. He's pest. He's the one that gets his leg chewed on a little bit. He's like a pyromaniac. Pyro. He's he he loves this night because this is all he 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 likes to burn things. He loves fireworks and he's got tons of fireworks, which to use quite a bit as a distraction or anything in this.
1: I like to burn the world. I like to burn the world, Shadow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we as an audience think that that this is just an invasion of some kind and they're being pursued by all these big hairy wolf creatures. Why? Because they killed one of their own and then they're running around with it. Well, we soon find out <laughs> that's not the case at all, man. It's mating season. <laughs> yeah, man. That They killed a female. Never a good thing. The pheromones coming off of her is all over them mostly all over John Boyega.
1: Why are they following us? Because they want to have sex with John Boyega.
0: There's there's only one one heavy-handed character name in this, and that is John Boyega's character. His name's Moses. So big surprise too, right? <laughs> Being the leader. He realizes that, holy oh shit, man, they're after me because I smell like... <laughs> smell like a... Right. When he's in the trap house... With all, the, with all the UV lighting, he looks down and his his jacket's all glowing.
1: Right, he looks like he he looks like he left his jacket in a motel room,
0: a seedy motel room before it was cleaned by housekeeping. The air airport Holiday Inn. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Most of the movie takes place, as the name implies, in the block, and it's not just the block, meaning. The street, and this and this is actually they refer to the block as their, the block tower that they live in. Which just so happens also that Doctor Who lives there too. Yeah, and that's where they that's where they killed their first one is in her her flat. But she comes to realize that these kids aren't the total douchebags that we're intro, introduced introduced to. Her. <laughs> <laughs> right, kids, like you said, the kids are great, and the focus again by Joe Cornish isn't on the adults. They're there. To kind of lend a familiar face, especially Nick Frost and, and Jody Whittaker. But they're really there to just kind of like lend some balance to seeing these kids over and over again. Because the kids definitely are all on their own. I mean, we're introduced to them while they're all on their own. Obviously don't have parents that give a shit about what they do. It's kind of like, say that's why they're out on a night like this where it can be fairly unsafe with all the bonfires and fireworks going off everywhere.
1: And monkeys falling from the sky. <laughs> Just, Space monkeys. You got
0: to be concerned about when monkeys start flying from the sky. Yeah. With big
1: ass, sharp, fucking <laughs> mouth. Dude, like the, the the teeth in those things could derail a train. That mouth of teeth. God. Yeah. And I love the shots where like they do it a couple of times and it makes me laugh really hard. Both. Of them. No, man. I'm not going to fall for that. <laughs> <Yeah. like> behind <laughs> them are like nothing but like 50 giant smiling Cheshire cat grins.
0: Right. And then when you get that turn, when he turns around and then. Yeah. So good. And that's before you see them, like later on, get like, crawling up the outside of the building. You're like, cause that's. Oh what, yeah. Once they have this, the theory is kind of seems to be proven that this is just that time of the year for them. And <laughs> they're all on the hunt for a mate. That's when you started seeing them really come out of the works. It's not just two or three of them. That's the first time you see more than just two of them is when they're outside the the trap house's uh, living room window. <laughs> right. <laughs> because at this point, the guy that runs the, the the drug dealer, Hi Hats, he's pissed because the kids stole a police car trying to get away from the first alien that they were having an encounter with, and they smash up his car. So he is so focused on going after the kids and making them pay for smashing up his car. He, he doesn't give a shit about the aliens. Even though he's already experienced them. So much so that he actually verbalizes what one of them looks like in exact detail that one of the kids did when they warned him. Hey, there's some big gorilla looking motherfuckers that are trying to kill us. He doesn't care, which made me laugh. I'm like, the, the adults in this are mostly not very smart. No, totally. The police. Nope. The ones that were smart, the ones that kind of go into hiding. Well, it's funny man because the greatest thing about this movie is
1: it's it's a throwback to 80s fucking movies like Oh yeah. The only adults that ever showed up in those kind of movies too also didn't understand what was going on. Right. weren't didn't believe anything. And th- this movie totally encapsulates that sort of 80s Yeah, you know, I'm going to say that sort of 80s Spielberg Amblin um spirit. Oh yeah. And I've never seen this movie. I we, I did, I should have said that earlier. This is the first time I watched for me. And the reason I never watched it is i hated the title <laughs> yeah i was always, it just the titles attacked attack the blonde, really and i just couldn't do it and i think i don't think i really i don't think it really registered on my my radar until oh god what's the abrams star wars movie the first one the farce awakens yeah uh when the farce awakens came out You know, John Boyega, everyone was like, oh, from Attack the Block. And I was like, Attack the Block. And then I was like, that's a terrible name for a movie. (laughs) And I looked at it a few times and I was like, I just can't do it. So, yeah, when you said let's do Attack the Block, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I've never seen it. Uh, And I like all of the participants. I just always kind of avoided it because of the name. But it is super fun, man. Yeah. I'll definitely watch it again.
0: Another cool thing about the movie that really drives it, too, is that Stephen Price, who is the composer of it, worked with Basement Jacks to do the music. So you're getting this, I want to say, uh, Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan score kind of thing, but more more club-like.
1: Yeah, totally. Like house music. Ran through the Guy Ritchie filter.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, Butch Vig from from Garbage. That kind of drum sound, it's, it's, it really carries the whole movie really well. And, and I think when you... You have the the, the typical or- orchestra score in there, kind of elevates the whole scene. But then on the moments where there's action and there's attacking, that's when they kind of slide over the basement jack style music and they kind of make it work that way. They kind of went forward with that with the first Deadpool movie. They did the same thing with having Junkie XL do the score for that, and it's a similar thing where you mix them with traditional orchestrated scores with club music and and stuff like that, and. It's pretty fucking well put together and this really sells the movie properly. Cause I mean, look, it's, it's about a bunch of kids that you should be seeing. It's like better example. Like you pointed out, it's very Spielbergian in that way. And it's, it's a lot like a Goonies thing. Like what what the Goonies were attacked yep. by aliens? You know, that's what this right. is. Yeah.
1: It's a genre that I love anyway. So yeah, there you have it.
0: And it's well executed. It is an R-rated movie. So if there's one thing that wasn't very Goonie-like.
1: <laughs> well, if there's one thing that makes it, you know, that pushes the Goonies into the, you know, the new millennium, it's an R-rating. and It's fine. Yeah, It's not like terrible. It's just, no. I guess, for
0: violence and language, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they say more slang than that somebody at the NPAA didn't understand. Correct. <laughs>
1: 100%. I was going to say, whoever gave it the rating here in the States... Doesn't understand half of what those kids are saying.
0: Yeah, I don't understand half the kid what the kids saying, especially uh, Me especially neither. Pest. It's fine. I love it. Pest has so many great lines, and you're kind of like, wait, what did he say? <laughs> I get the gist of what he's trying to say, but what did he say?
1: Well, it's funnier because I don't know what he's saying.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now I might have to watch strippers versus werewolves just to see some more of Pest. Do you? <laughs> strippers versus werewolves is it the thing? <laughs> oh, get yeah. that. It's like Navy SEALs versus zombies. Oh, it's on Tubi. I know. I might have to watch it. Attack the block, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. What's great about this really too is everybody's fair game in this movie. Yep. It's the other thing too. It's not like, because John Boyega wasn't like a name at this point. So like, look, everybody in the movie is totally fair game. Nick Frost, you know, Nick Frost would be the one that people would be like, oh, Nick Frost is, you know, he's going to die. Well, maybe it. he is, maybe he doesn't, but everybody's fair game in this movie. This is what I loved about it. It's like, didn't know who was getting out of what, when the shit would hit the fan. It's like fair game. We don't know who's next. What's made it a fun watch, you know, yeah. as opposed to like, oh, I know who's going to get through this movie.
0: <laughs> one of the other reasons, too, why we're talking about the R rating on it, and it's like, and that's always been a, a thing, you know, Edgar Wright's talked about it quite a bit, the whole video nasties thing and most of the movies that, that you know, he paid, they pay homage to with the, with, with their first feature, Shaun of the Dead, this video nasties thing where certain American movies, most of the time they were American horror movies that got a bad bill of, of sale where he said, oh, it's, it's got this wrong with it. So we got to put it in video nasties and you can't show it anywhere. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are two movies in particular. So that's what's weird about how that whole thing works is like, the, the, yeah, there's like creature violence in this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this is that weird thing is like going, yeah, but okay, so we chewed on the guy's leg. They show that during at three o'clock on channel four. Who cares? Sure. Yes, it's it on
1: the news. Dog bites Postman. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: you got to go with the fact that it's just a language in it because yeah, I mean, totally. Are, are we giving something an R rating now because you know somebody smoking weed? I I also say that like dude, having
1: an R rating makes it more for me. I would if it would have been a PG or PG thirteen, I think I would have there would have been more uh, resistance for me when you brought it up. I'd have been like, really, dude? PG thirteen kids running around? But like that it had an R. Yeah. And I liked the idea of it. Was like okay, and, and and it and it delivers on the R in all the good ways. Right. The violence and the stuff that's happening is fun. And had they toned that down and made it a PG thirteen, they would have toned the movie down. Therefore, I would not have enjoyed it as much.
0: Right. And that's the thing about the kids too. Mike, I mean, they're hooligans. That's what. That's how, yes. we were, that's how we see them. And that's how that's, if they weren't, they would have all been dead. And I'm not saying, sure. that they, I'm not saying they all survive. I'm just saying.
1: Right. Like if they're all, if they're all kids from a uh, radio flyer, they're dead.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, those kids are dead too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bad example, bad example. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say.
0: But yeah, I mentioned the Spielberg aspect of it with that whole close connective tissue of uh, like the, the, the third act of E.T. or Goonies as a whole. That is why Joe Cornish was hired by Spielberg, along with Edgar Wright, to do the script for um, The Adventures of Tintin. So that is it, it was because of
1: their Spielbergian uh, instinct. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And the movie is, is, is a great debut, too. I mean, I would be pretty damn proud. This is my first movie. Yeah. No shit, man. For sure. And you can see after seeing this, and already have seen Ant Man. Can you see that humor I was talking about? You can tell what's theirs and what's and, and, and what is uh, Adam McKay's humor in the first a- Ant Man. You can see
1: it. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: He they just announced earlier this year that they are going to be doing a sequel which would be really interesting. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. Cause like like we talked about the only, only the adults in this movie look don't look different, right? Everybody else is an adult now because it's been 10 years. And even by the time they get to shooting and releasing this, even if this came out this time in 2022, I mean, all these kids are 12 years older. Right. And I think Boyega is too expensive for them anyway.
1: I think Boyega is in, I think that's why he, uh, didn't he leave a Netflix movie to go start? He left. I thought he, I thought he left. I don't know. Well, apparently, Boyega left to to go do Attack the Block 2. This was a couple of months ago.
0: Oh, and another thing, too, just to kind of solidify that whole Edgar Wright family of filmmakers, Nira Park, who has produced all of Edgar's movies from Shaun of the Dead all the way through the soon-to-be-released Last Night in Soho, all of it. She's really good. She's got such a great eye. And, f- and watching interviews with her, I mean, she gets it. She's like the... She's like that producer you always want. She's she's good with budget, but she's really creative and she understands that if you can't make cuts in the budget to make something work in the story, then that's how it has to be. I've heard, again, nothing in, in official capacity, but I've heard she's the kind of person that kind of gives up a piece of her percentage of her producer's feed and make sure something gets done right. That's what you want from a producer, not just a production producer, Or a money producer or a UPM in this case, you want somebody that really knows what you know was doing something for the betterment of the movie and not worrying about the budget as much. Yeah, totally. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that they spent I mean, I I, you know, I was curious. I didn't I didn't realize they had actually spent 13 million on this movie because you know, there's not a star in it. 13 that's a good budget. And they and they they spent the money well. Yeah. I really like the the sets and I like the creature design. The creatures are fun.
0: Creatures are really when you first get that reveal and like I noted, you, you think their eyes and I'm, dude, I'm used to seeing the movie. So even when you get the, like the second or third time in the movie where you get the the actual mouth opening, it, it takes me that long again to, to remember how, how cool it is. And again, I find that behind the scenes where you see all the creatures being tested by the, the effect shop. The effect shop is a, is a Swedish shop. Um, it took them four months to put this all together. A shop called Fido, uh, like I said, in Sweden, took them four months. And it was, It's pretty great, man. It's pretty great. One of the cool things too is their sounds of the creatures. Oh, yeah. Is it turns out, I mean, again, the sound design guy, I mean, really love the whole idea because I always try to to pick apart that and like see what they layered in there. Joey and I were watching, we were talking about sounds and how you layer things. He was working on a a school project and I go, sometimes you just kind of put your own signature on things. You know, we've talked about breaking bones is done with celery. You're not really grabbing on a bone and breaking it. So you have to be creative with things. And it's always fun to put little things in there. I mean, that's how you got the Wilhelm scream and everything. And once one person did it, everybody started doing it as an homage to the sound designers before them that they have, that they've appreciated, who's worthy work they've appreciated. I always put stuff under my stuff, even something simple. Every episode of yeah, our, our music at the beginning of the show has a little something that I put in everything that I've ever done related to sound. And I'm, I'm never going to say what it is because is it Velcro? That takes away from the fun of it. It is Velcro, and all oh, you know what? I Yes, might you said it, it before. I think I mentioned. It. I think I mentioned it before. Well, that is that you is have. that is one thing. I, I mentioned it during Event Horizon.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: But it isn't the only thing that's in the, it's in the opening. But it turns out that they actually used dolphin sonar with grunts and snarls and that they did live and fully and things like that. That's how they came up with that. And including the, they even layered a, uh, you know, screams from, from human screams in there too to kind of create those sounds. And a lot easier to do in 2011 when you have Pro Tools and, and all that stuff and really can manipulate things digitally like I do now. But man, can you imagine trying to do those kinds of sounds in like the 80s? Doing everything on mag and then try to try to you're messing with that point, you're like messing around with guitar pedals and stuff like that to really tweak sounds and everything. Great sound design in this. And again, the what makes the movie work so well is it's super simple. Just like the the premise is simple and it's executed in a simple form. Kids are attacked, kids fight back. Kids fight back. Because they have to. Yep. It's super simple. Right. If you haven't seen it yet. It's okay. It's you know, there's a lots of reasons not to want to watch the the movie, or 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 you've come across and like, oh no, like the title, right? <laughs> could be a problem for you.
1: Like you don't like the title, attack the block. Come on.
0: You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the movie. I've talked about it before more than once, but it, I was the same way. Joe Cornish is a buddy of of Edgar Wright's. I'm like that. That was it. I'm like, so there you go. Just like with you know, a lot of the movies we grew up with. It's word of mouth, man. Word of mouth can really carry a movie, and that's kind of how this was. And this had a big opening too. I think at in Austin at Fantastic Fest, I think it had a big opening there. I think it might have premiered there. It got a lot of buzz from that, and then that's how we. That's how you people hear things outside of Austin is the buzz out of Austin on some smaller movie. It's available everywhere. It usually is. It's still on Prime. The fact that it's on Prime this much into October, I guess it's going to be there for the least for the rest of the month if not it probably slides over to Netflix. I since the movie has hit streaming services, I've been able to find it on at least one of them. Sometimes it's on Hulu, sometimes on Prime. Currently it's on Prime. But if you and if and if you're into it, once you see the movie and you dig it, pick it up. It's like it's like $8 for the Blu-ray. It's super cheap. And you can even you can buy it for just as little for a digital copy if that's all you want to do, you want to minimize the optical disc up on your shelf. There you go. Attack the block. Check it out if you haven't seen it. What would you double this up with?
1: Attack the Block. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, man. I was trying to think about that because I was like, oh, yes, because it's kind of a whole subgenre. I might toss it up with the faculty. With that, perhaps disturbing behavior with Elijah Wood and Katie Holmes. Pretty good one. And maybe Toby Hooper's 1985 remake, Invaders from Mars.
0: Pretty good. Yeah, there's a triple feature right there.
1: There's a few things you could piggyback on if, if you want to go down that road.
0: Do you? Do you want to go down that road? Yes, you do. Do it. Do you really want to? Oh, No. no. And then take the movies. Write them. Write the names down. The movies in a hat and shake it up. Yeah. I don't. I think those the, those recommendations complement each other, and I don't think it even matters what order you watch them in.
1: Nope, not at all, man. Yeah, totally. Like you, you can't go wrong. You just that yeah, perfect idea. Toss them in a hat, pull them out, and watch them all.
0: Dude, seriously, Invader from Mars, man. The, the the creature design between the two were drastically different, oh. but they but they're like cousins. Yeah, it's a good call, man.
1: Absolutely, that that's a fun movie, especially if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and Shout Factory put together that great Blu-ray. Mm, yeah, it's one of those Toby Hooper movies that um, I actually saw in the movie theater when it came out. Same. in five.
0: Well, we were super excited because they shot it. In, they shot a whole bunch of it in See Me, so we were like, we were like yes, totally into I bet. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, all three of those movies. And look, I just had said. Should we do? Should we cover the faculty? And you were like, uh, "No, let's do attack the block." But now I can see why you went to attack the block, because like, yeah. I didn't really know anything about it other than I didn't like the title, yeah. which I would say I'm a hundred percent. I'm still not a hundred percent on the title, but I do like the movie a lot.
0: So this is a sequel can be called "Attack the Block" again. Attacking the block. Attack. Can't call it die back Harder. Back attack.
1: Attack. Attack back the block. Take back the block. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Well, they take back. Oh, never mind. That's gonna the movie, people.
1: Back and block. <laughs>
0: So I, I hope they, they keep the same team together as far as the parts that help make it work a lot. I mean, the kids, you know, half the kids are still working, which is good. And you sure. aside from Boyega, getting Stephen Price back with, with Basement Jacks would be key to keep that music going. Oh, dude, let me point that real quick since we're talking about music. Probably my most favorite use of KRS 1 Sound of the Police mm-hmm. is in this. Oh, man. Yeah, Totally. There's a, there's a running bit in there too where hi-hats the the drug dealer <laughs> he has a song a rap something called get that snitch that he performed it's and you hear it throughout the whole movie too it's it's pretty funny and the full song is on the dvd special features if you're interested in checking that out but it's kind of funny anyway so if you want to check this movie out again it's, it's everywhere right now and it probably will always be there
1: it's on prime right and that's why i watched it and, anyway yeah Pretty
0: sure. And I guess I was lazy. I didn't want to pull out the Blu-ray and the Blu-ray gets a lot of play. I showed this to Joey quite a while ago and he loves it. Like he was like, in fact, when I watched it with that and he was kind of mad, I'm like, Hey man, you're playing video games upstairs. Hey, I told tell you him if he doesn't want to talk about it, he can't watch it. <laughs> I told him, I said, you want to come down here? Yeah. That's by the way, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about, um, maybe uh doing a uh our first three-way chat about a singular movie outside of a film need just a straight episode so i think we're we're all three was going to watch a movie together and then and then talk about it afterwards
1: we should make him do a dude. yes
0: it'll be like a full-on it'll be a full-on commentary that'd be so good like all three of us, because we,
1: we, all three of us not having seen it, we, um, you know, we could just go, we should do, we should do that.
0: Even if we did a regular episode, it'd be like that. We would be something we, none of us had seen before, for sure.
1: Uh, we, and it, yeah, we could, so let's just, let's, let's make that happen.
0: If you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at Pod or on Instagram, it's the same at Pod. Or if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, I'm at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you want to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com slash KITG podcast.
1: If you like to follow me, you could follow me at hi hat at uh, you sure? (laughs) Letterbox.com, whatever man. Letterbox, is that what
0: it is? Is that that what we're still calling it? Hey, guess what? Letterbox, letterbox is one of those things that didn't get shut down yesterday, yeah, right, dude. What was that all about? Or or the day before, when was that? was it was uh was Monday. Monday.
1: Monday. Monday. Yeah, what do they yeah. call that? <laughs> <You> <laughs> the know best funny? day ever. Didn't even, <laughs> didn't even notice, dude. Didn't even notice. Uh, The only re- the only reason I knew is because I had texted Aaron Kshalis through his what through WhatsApp because that's how I talked to him. Oh. Because you know they don't live here, right. uh, and I never got any reply from him. I was like, oh, he's busy. He's Probably taking meetings. That, right. And then like at four o'clock when WhatsApp came back on, he called me and he's like, Hey dude, sorry. You know, it's all been, and I'm like, what? I had no idea. That tells you how engaged I am with Facebook, Instagram, yes. or uh, WhatsApp.
0: Well, that's what's so funny. It, about it, it
1: was the best day ever.
0: It was. And everybody was like, everybody's snarky, sarcasm, and post on, on Twitter, like Facebook's down. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, boo. Oh no, that's terrible. What am I going to do? <laughs>
1: it's so ridiculous. Oh, I'm going to pretend it's 2000. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs>